Wow. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It is the Curious Anarchy podcast, or rather, the Curious Anarchy lifestyle. Um, I'm your host, Jermaine, and I'm joined by Mark. How are you, Mark? Um, if I can speak on behalf of our listeners, and there's quite a few now, what a pleasure it is to have a, a nice, relaxed evening hearing your dulcet tones to discuss another topic. It's actually very refreshing. Some people do yoga, some people try, you know, drifting down rivers. For me, hearing your voice, it's an absolute pleasure and a joy for anyone listening. So thank you. <laughs> so complimentary. Really appreciate it. I'm I'll just call here. it as it is, man. I've always called it as it is. That's my thing. Thank you. Um, I'm just here, sat outside, looking up at the moon. It's a full moon tonight. Did you know that? It's huge. It was about uh, an hour and a half ago. It was bright yellow um, mm. and as round as anything you've seen. Mm. It is looking pretty round and pretty bright right yeah. now. So if you're listening somewhere else in the world, in the UK, it's night time. About, oh, about 11 o'clock, is it? About 11 o'clock at night. So Yeah. So uh, there's a big moon, and uh, we don't get them very often. And it's lovely, and it's a summer moon. So obviously, strawberry uh, moon. This one. This what one? The strawberry moon. Yeah. Apparently, the um, Native Americans, the uh, Navajo, uh, the Ojibwe, and there were two other tribes, two or three other tribes, um, that would call this the strawberry moon. This was the period of time, or this was the month where you would reap those strawberries. Ooh. I had some strawberries yesterday and today, and I just feel really good. So Thanks. around around the outskirts of London, you can go strawberry picking at this time of the year. I'm intrigued that the native Indians called it a strawberry moon because their their season would be like the reverse of ours. So it's quite interesting. Uh, the seasonal changes but anyway i mean it's a beautiful site um and it's one that hopefully uh if anyone's out there coming to the uk in this time of the year and have a look i believe <laughs> i'm not wrong Jermaine, i think we're about a week away from the longest night of the year i was gonna say just as long as you're not an asylum seeker no please come if you're an asylum seeker we welcome no. everybody <laughs> that was supposed to be ironic but it's okay yes Incredibly ironic today. Um, anyway, welcome to Curious Anarchy. Um, is this a Curious Muse? It is a Curious Muse. Okay, it's a Curious Muse that we're doing today. and um, Well, it's a special one. Mm, mm. Um, we wanted to have a look at sport and two areas of sport. The playing of sport, i.e. the enjoyment of being a sporting person, the perfection of sportist prowess, but also we wanted to look at the wage structure of sports, what they've become. Um, and so tonight might be a bit longer than the average one we do, uh, because there's quite a lot that wraps, up, yeah, that wraps up in that. And I thought it'd be a good place to start, <laughs> is that yesterday in the UK we had a soccer aid um situation where we, they they play football to raise money for people charity. around the world yeah. huh? for charity yeah for charity um so celebrities and and sportsmen take part usain bolt was there uh 
Robbie Williams, all sorts of people were there. Um, one team was managed by Arsene Menger, the other team was managed by Harry Redknapp. Um, and the idea is to raise money, and I think they raised about seven million to go to charity. But what I found interesting in that tournament, and it will relate to what we're going to talk about tonight, they talked about asking people to donate to stop things like malnutrition, which still exists in the planet. And it got me thinking to thinking, well, hold on. If you imagine live aid happening in every country or across every border, we can probably stop malnutrition and every other poverty related illness probably overnight. And the reason why we don't do that, <laughs> the reason why we don't do that is the people that are leading us on this planet. They are budgetary concerns are not the same as ours. They look at things on a more nationalistic and on a more uh, profit-making level. So that will fit in quite neatly to our exploration of sp all things sports. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to start would be to say that Jermaine and I were talking yesterday about when we were at school and when we played sports. We did it for a sense of achievement of how much physically we could achieve any of those sports. So, you you know, in most schools, you have a range of sports. You do athletics, and cricket, football, rugby, and swimming, and all sorts of things. Some schools, gymnastics, and some schools, horse riding, whatever. Yeah, I have a whole range of sports. And the idea is to see how far you can push yourself, first within the school, and then within other schools, and then within boroughs and, and zones and regions and countries eventually. So you eventually, hopefully, your dream would be to come somewhere like Usain Bolt. And, and the idea would be to perfect the absolute total achievement of that sport. So that's the sporting ethic, if you like. And what we have to take into account with that today is the kind of wages that I don't think ever was intended to be in sport. So if you take something like the Olympic, the original Olympic Games in Greece, it was you know they might have given them gold, <laughs> but it was about the Olympian spirit. It was about achieving the best you could. You know, the, that, this that the I'm so sorry. That actually made me laugh. I don't know why you're laughing, Joy, but I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> no, it was, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was the example that you gave. Like, because well, we, we know where we're going with this. But, so okay, it's like, back is just like, wow. <laughs> I just think the original thing in the Olympics was the marathon when one of the uh, Greek soldiers had to run 22 miles to alert Athens that the Persians were attacking. Yeah. And that was about the sporting prowess of that individual and after that the sport and then that sport became a a competition of physical prowess now okay first of all yeah. let's apologize yeah. to that once okay so how the marathon came about was a soldier general sergeant whoever it was running yeah. 20 miles <clears throat> yeah that is some feat yeah, yeah. Con considering that that wasn't, you know, the marathon wasn't a thing back then. It wasn't a competition. But, there weren't other runners after him. He was literally running by himself. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to get his name. Well, we can later, but let's for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, to to look at the idea that doing it in that way in those days was a precedent of. So, for example, who was the fastest man in Greece? And then when you started having other countries involved, so who was the fastest, quickest, strongest, whatever person in that? So that was the the what they call the Olympic spirit. That's why it began. Mm. Now we've we've if we fast forward to where we are today, if we if we take a range of sports, I'll go ask you a couple of questions, Jermaine. Go on, go on. What do you think? I was going to say Lionel. Yeah, it's Lionel. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo earn a year. A year, wow. Um, I'm hoping you're not looking it up. I'd like you to just think off the top of your head. You know what? I'm pretty sure that it's probably in the region of around maybe just short of 20 billion. Billion? Billion, yeah. No, it's not that much. Hmm? It's not that much. I mean, sorry. Let <laughs> me. Their wage is not that much. They may earn it in other, like, things. I'm talking about just their basic wage. You know, like if you go to a job, let's say you start a job on Monday, you have a basic wage. Now you may get bonuses and all sorts of things, but I'm saying your basic wage would be, let's say I'm going to work at uh, Next, the clothing store. My basic wage will be something like 16,000 a year. That's my basic wage. Now there may be bonuses tied in, but, you know that on paper, that's my wage. So what? What are their wages each year? That's a really good question. Okay, so we're probably looking at around, I'd say maybe about thirteen, fourteen million, fifteen million. No, oh, it it's funny because you know it's funny you went there. I would I would have gone somewhere else. It's a hundred and thirty million for Messi. 115 for Ronaldo. That's that's okay. a year. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, incredible. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm grossly underestimating. They had a list of players that, let's say, the top 20 who would be generally on that sort of wage. I mean, obviously, it goes down further down as you obviously, the, you know. Yeah, the, I was say, once you get from like the top five, I would say. No, no, even the top, th- even the top thirty. Like you take the top thirty, the, the ones that everyone would try and buy if they could. Okay. Once you get past them, it does drop a bit, but it doesn't drop so dramatically. So, like, if you took the, I don't know, fiftieth best player in the world, they earn a lot of money, probably around thirty million a year. That's a lot of money for being the 50th best in your sport. <laughs> You're That's right. Lot, right? <laughs> okay. So we'll leave that there for a minute because I just want to get a scale of things. Now, there's a there's a cricket thing in, in India they play every year where they take the top Indian teams can bid for players around the world so that they can... It's a, it's a one-day tournament. If they play a, 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 like a, a, a league thing, a knockout competition, um, around like there's around about ten teams or whatever, but they can get players from all over the world. So the best cricketers will go there and earn a wage, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a tournament where eventually there's two teams win it and one team wins the IPL 
and, and they will get a lot of money for winning it and they get bonuses. But what do you think the players get for playing in... Let's so say someone who plays for England, they play usually in Lancashire, they play for the England team, and then they go and play for, I think it's for about three, two or three months in India in this tournament. What do you think they'll get paid? In the tournament? For their wage, like in that tournament. Um, ooh. I have no idea, but I would, um, at a guess, I'd say maybe 200k, maybe. They get they get paid in that short period. It's about two or three months. They get paid about one and a half million. Wow! And you're looking at the top again about the top fifty players in the world. I mean, obviously that's open to subjectivity in terms of who defines who is the best players. But you know, it's a bidding process. So. The reason why I bring that up, it was cricket was kind of boring for years and years and years, and suddenly they, they introduced it to the 21st century with this tournament. So it's watched on TV, there's a lot of money goes into it, huge sponsorship from multimillionaires around the world, a lot of people go into it. Now, golf was in the same sort of situation, although they get well paid if you win the tournament, not that well paid, but they've just introduced a thing that's, that's just started now, which is the equivalent to the to that cricket kind of competition in golf, whether they've invited the top golfers and the top prize will be, what do you think, Jimmy? This is one game, a sort of quick shootout game sort of thing, but the top player will be what? 40 million? No. More than that? No, no less than that. Less than that? Uh, yeah. 20 million? No, they're going to get one and a half million. Okay. But this is like a, at best a two-week tournament. We're not talking about for the whole year. We're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. one one tournament. So they're literally going to come. Imagine they go to I don't know um, Australia for two weeks. It's probably in London, but I'm saying say it's in Australia for two weeks, and they will get paid. The winner will get paid one and a half million, and it will go down all the way down to about forty-three again in this top forty-three. Okay. So, and we could carry on like this all the way through uh, motor racing, um, the top rugby players, the top boxers, you know, I mean, what did you say yesterday to me that uh, Mayweather sort of has accumulated in his lifetime? Millions. Millions. So, so most of these sports now, uh, their top echelon, even in something like athletics, which is meant to be, in theory, an amateur sport, in other words, you don't get paid for it. They would still earn through sponsorship and things around about at least a million pounds a year. A year. So bear in mind what we're saying here. So if we look across most sports, we're looking at most sports probably hitting a trillion, if not more, in how much they pay their top earners across the sporting world. Mm-hmm. Why is that, Jermaine? Because of game, the gamification of it all. Right. So what's what's helped that to happen? <clears throat> it's all of the funders, financial investors. Uh, well, that's, that's part board. of it. What has made it a universal, uh, um, what's the word, like attraction? What's driven it to be a universal attraction? So when you were at school, it wasn't this level. Why is it this level now? What's driven it to that level? 
players from all over the world? No, that, that was the case then as well. Like, if you take most of the things we've spoken about, it's always been the same, mm-hmm. you know, like sort of top 50, let's say, put it like that. But, but they, it wasn't on the same level as it is today. What do you think has driven that? Money. And what's, but what's the window that's allowed that money to be uh, centralized like that? There's no restrictions. Okay, I, I'm trying to help you, but you're not helping yourself, so I'll have to do it. Um, it's it's the television contracts. So the, I mentioned that earlier. I did, I did, sorry, I didn't, hear you, I didn't hear you say that. Sorry, <laughs> I honestly didn't hear you say that. I, I would have absolutely jumped on it if you had, because because it's it's driven <clears throat> the when, the where, the how, all it all happens, and it's taken it across the whole globe. So you could be sitting in the Sahara Desert now and watching on satellite TV uh, a the Champions League final, for example, or the golf. Um, so that has made it... So not only has it made it a world spectacle, it's also meant that people from countries that weren't traditionally involved will now start getting involved because it's a market for That's everyone. A audience, yeah. And, and- yeah, yeah. As you said, yeah. it's a market for everyone. Football is an international sport. <laughs> well, we, but we're not just talking about football. We're talking about every single yeah, sport. So you can for make. example, yeah, football is, is an international sport. We know that majority of countries will play football. Um, well, in Brazil, uh, like you mentioned yesterday about Pele playing football. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they, had to, they had to get sponsorship in the local town to get a kit and to get boots. Mm. And that they eventually became a team called Santos, which is now quite a famous team in Brazil. But at the time, they weren't a team, and they turned them into a team by 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 getting the sponsorship and having a sort of. At the time, they were very lucky to have like six or seven players that were exceptional, and they got the sponsorship they wanted, which was great. Um, but at the time, he was you know in the in the favela, the the, the sort of townships, and wasn't earning anything. Mm. Uh, but by the time he was 17, he was representing Brazil in the World Cup finals. Um, but uh, what I was trying to say is, I mean, for example, recently, I don't know if you can remember things like, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Eddie the Eagle, was it? Yeah. In the, in the Olympics. Was there was that? Eddie the Eagle, who was a, a British uh, skier. Oh. Skier, okay. And he, he was terrible, but he got international fame from it and I think there was a guy in the swimming who came from an island in the Pacific and he finished about two minutes behind everyone else yeah I remember that one well uh, I can't remember that in the Olympics I'm not sure I'm not sure but I can't remember that in the Olympics uh prior to recent games if you know what I mean like I don't remember Olympics having people that were so slow um you'd have to wait sort of six or seven minutes after the race for them to finish. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in marathons, but I'm, I'm talking about in, in, in fast events, let's say, or mm-hmm. swimming. I don't remember. Or in skiing, a guy jumping so badly that he's like half a track behind everyone else. Mm. And I, I'm thinking that's again to do with international payment rather than international sporting prowess. So in my mind, I've got a feeling that's what's driving that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what's driving that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering about sporting prowess. Uh, is that the thing anymore? It's interesting that you even say that because 
<clears throat> that example that you gave, just gave right then is is a brilliant example of that because and this this kind of has shown up in for me when I was doing athletics. <clears throat> so when you say uh, what was the phrase you used? Um, Which phrase? Oh, you were talking about Eddie the Eagle. Uh, the the difference disparity in in pay, but it wasn't that what term that you were using. Uh, prowess. Oh, that's yeah. prowess. Um, yeah, spoken prowess. How the ability for somebody to get as good as, for example, a Usain Bolt means that there has to be investment behind him. I'm pretty yeah. sure he'd have been quick, but he wouldn't have been yeah. as quick as he is without the training. Um, and I know that because, you know, from a personal perspective, I've done athletics, I've done the training, I've seen myself get faster and faster. Um, you know, if you're a tennis player, right, you, you'll serve, you'll practice. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not that bad at tennis. But my serve, I, I'm not a server by any stretch of the imagination. I can, but, you know, it's more of a casual, leisurely kind of pace. I mean, if you're um, listening in around the world, if you want to challenge Jermaine to attempt tennis, by all means, <laughs> yeah, please do. Hit me up. Um, but um, aside from that challenge, uh, my, my question to you is, because you, you I know that you have a background in, certainly at a young age in, in sports, mm. Uh, it's a question I want to ask you, and I want to ask all the people we've mentioned in this show up to now. How much would you, st- how much less would you be paid still to pursue that sport? So we're talking about people getting millions, and we're talking about a trillion pounds of sport that could be spent making the world a healthier, happier, uh, better-fed place with less disease and illness. And I'm not just picking on that because you know on other days we've talked about other things. I mean, you're talking about industry and industries. Yes, yes. Uh, And the problem is we look at sport as not an industry. It is now an industry. And it's an industry that spends a lot of money. Mm. And if that money was spent elsewhere, the world would be a better place. And my question is, I want to reverse the question. I don't want to say how much are you prepared to, you know, represent uh, Man United, Arsenal, Real Madrid. I don't care how much you want to get for that. I want to ask the opposite. How little would you need to be paid to represent them? So would you pay? You you did running and you did um, boxing and other things. How little would you have had to be paid to do that as your full-time thing um, rather than the other wonderful skills that you've had? For the at the very least, as a salary, I want the least and the most that you take. I want both. I mean, the most is kind of open ended, I guess. No, it's not because Um, because I think we have to have a moral uh, ceiling as well. Yes, however, there are a number of things that you can do with all of that extra additional money. But there are, regardless of whichever tax bracket. I wonder if you want to rely on individuals to do it rather than communities. Yeah. So rather yeah. than saying, let's say Messi plays all his life for Barcelona, rather than saying Messi should have a bit a trillion pounds, why can't we give it to Barcelona to give to that like to work out with the communities? But isn't that part of the deal? No. The, the, no. I mean, the, the fact that. For example, a Messi or a Ronaldo or a 
uh, Tevez or whoever it might have been from, from the past, right, would be playing at, for example, Spain, Madrid, the Galacticos. It drives the rates up. Okay, yeah, but you're talking you're about... In, in terms of the, the yeah. prowess, okay? Right. You're um, talking about something slightly different because I, what I'm talking about is the individual payment. So that, let's say, for example, Messi received after 10 years... I don't want to pick it on Messi, let's say Ronaldo, it doesn't matter. Let's say after 10 years they receive, uh, we said 130 uh, million a year. So that's 1.3 billion after 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm suggesting don't play it to an individual. What's he going to do with a billion pounds? I think it's better to pay it to the community. And the other problem you've got, and this is one about representation as well, is Ronaldo is Portuguese, yet he's playing, for example, this year in an English league. Messi's Argentinian because he's playing in a in a Spanish league. Yeah. So when they retire, they're going to take it back to the country they come from, not the country they're representing. <clears throat> and secondly, they're not representing the zone because they're proud of the zone they live in, but they're representing the zone they get paid most to, to play in. And it's the same with the, the Indian Cricket League. They're all going to India to play. They don't know one team from another, really. Uh, it's the same with the golf all over the world. You know, I mean, it's very representative of have got the greatest athletes can take them onto the moon if I had to, and they'll play there and they'll take 30 million there. My question is, how little would you need to receive to do it because you love the sport and you love the, the what you're representing, the team or whatever that you're representing? As a one-off exhibition match. No, 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 no. As a permanent thing. As a permanent thing. No, no, absolutely not the opposite. So if this was like a realistic figure, I'm not pretty I'm not quite sure on a realistic figure, but it would be literally what what I, I imagine it would be something like a what a universal basic income might be. Uh we could say, right. well, see, Something I'm, I'm that, that, whatever you, in a sense, whatever you think is correct. Not what a universal basic income would probably be, because it'd probably be somewhere in the region of like 17k or something like that. Yeah. But like a realistic, okay, so take the, is it the average salary in London is like 32 or something? 34? Yeah. yeah. Right? So if it was something like that, it took care of all of my needs. And I could do the sport as much as I want to. I could compete wherever I want to in the world. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not having to. F- um, but even if we said that the sport itself will pay for your travel and your food, all you've got to worry about is, in a sense, like going to a job. You know, yeah. you're going to transport will be taken care of, food will be taken care of. On top of that, you'll get a wage. How much do you need to do that sport for the next twenty years? See, that is interesting. And the other question I want to know, but there's See, another that, there's a that, question. I think, in, in on, terms of... There's a sub-question yeah. to that. Okay, there's go, a on, sub-question go on. Go on. Add that if, as well. If, if, you, had a, if you had a basic wage, would it alter the way you feel about who you represented? So That's if you were going to for 20 years, you were going to for 20 years. examples of, um, say, with the football. Was it, who was it? Um, there was a player. Was it Jermaine Defoe? He was offered to play for Jamaica. 
Okay, I'm not talking about about internationally, but I'm not talking about internationally. I'm talking about like uh, your weekly sporting representation. So, say for example, say for example, a national team. No, but say for example, let's say you were brilliant at football, and let's say Barcelona, AC Milan, Paris Saint Germain, Manchester United, uh, Birmingham, whatever all came in for you, would it alter who you represented if you knew that for the next 20 years you're going to get, let's say, 40,000 a year? Yeah, that's... How long you stay there and who you represent? Would that alter because of that? Now, with that, the salary, does that exclude sponsorships, endorsements, the, the, the... Well, I'm hoping that doesn't come into the sport anymore. Or is that, okay, so this is just, okay, so just a whole new kind of industry. Yes, a whole new sporting ethic. Let's put it like yeah. that. Yeah, um, interesting. Because then, I guess it would come down to who I would prefer to play for personally. Like, I like the players in, in that team there. I get on with X, Y, like that... that it would become more of a thing like that rather than who's going to pay me. I would suggest to you that it would become a thing of, in a way, the zone that you're most familiar with. So say you grew up or you lived a long time in a certain area. Like, I don't think Paul Pogba will go to Manchester United. He's got no link there whatsoever. I don't Mm. think even some of the Scottish players that played in England would go to those countries because you wouldn't need to. You're only going to those places because of the wage there. If that wage became permanent where you are, wherever you are, you could represent who you really believe as your, let's put it like this, the tribe that you want to represent. Yeah. So then, in that case, if you, for example, wanted to live in Spain for a while, right, you'd get yeah, a tribe exactly. to Spain. Yeah. And yeah. then that would be, like, it's not a, I'm playing there because of what they're Not paying. Exactly. I'm playing there because I play this export and this opportunity came up and well, it doesn't cost me anything more than if, if you don't like, what I'm now. So it's like, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter where I play. It's just, no, but that's the, <laughs> I guess that's it would be the thing of, hmm, climate, would I rather play in the sun or would I rather play in the sun? But let's take it for a moment, for a moment, let's just go back into your history and let's just look at, imagine you were a very decent footballer, yeah, they were going to pay you, let's say, 40 grand for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have links community-wise with Jamaica, with Manchester, with Birmingham, with Nottingham, with Croydon. Where would you expect to be playing for 10 years out of those examples? That's interesting. Because, okay, me, I would, I really liked the vibe of Nottingham. And this is nothing against any other city. No, 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 no. Nottingham really felt like a a really homely, inviting, welcoming place. Um, To see, the thing is, I'm even partially considering, okay, so does like that same aspect come into it? I think if you tried saying another town, Mm. maybe that siren would stop going off. 
maybe it would. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering because I think you've upset someone by saying nothing. Um, <laughs> it didn't ring before, and it only rang when you said nothing. It stopped. Now we've stopped talking about it. So I'm just curious. But um, no, the thing about it is, I'm saying. So, say for example, if we said, for example, um, we interviewed a, a person on our podcast about a year ago who grew up in the Wembley area, and he trained with Raheem Sterling. So you would think that they would represent a team in that area if wages were how we're describing. Yeah. Because they've got an affinity and a history with that zone. Yeah, I guess it uh, <laughs> now, kind of now, be, be become more like a an academy kind of system. Well, but also football and all sport historically was representative of where you grew up. So you yeah. represented the zones that you were in. And yeah. the problem with, with how it is today is because it's financially focused, driven, driven yeah. you go where the money is. So like, mm. you know, you, you've got people playing in all sorts of countries. Like uh, The best example I can give you is Samuel Eto'o, because he's now long, no longer playing. Uh, I think he's now the president of Liberia, or he was. Um, now he's gone. At that time, he, he stopped playing for European teams. Uh, like I think that was George Weah. Sorry, I beg your pardon. You're right. Sorry, George Weah. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was slightly confused. I was thinking. So I'm mixing up uh-huh. my metaphors now. I'm mixing my you know what? It was when you said Liberia, that was when the alarm no, bell rang. It was definitely Samuel And when he finished at Barcelona, he played there a long time. It was very, it was a cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they signed him for a Russian team. And at the time, he became the wealthiest footballer in, on the planet. And part of the reason for him being the wealthiest player was he was based in Moscow. And for home matches, he had to fly to Chechnya because it was too dangerous to live in the zone. Because Chechnya at the time had a conflict with Russia, who most people now um, are aware that Russia is a place at the moment. Um, so um, he had to fly to Chechnya for his home matches, which was a thousand mile journey. Wow. So he flew every, let's say, second weekend to Chechnya to play the home matches. And then every other weekend he would fly to Moscow and yeah. St. Petersburg, yeah, yeah. wherever the matches were. Um, now, he had no affinity for that area. He wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about Chechnya from Moscow, from whatever. Mm. It was the money that took him there. Mm-hmm. And, and my guess is there's a lot of great sportsmen in that area that would have been quite happy to play. For if you say if you offer them forty grand a, a, a year, and they would represent it with with pride because that was their area, and mm. in the same way you would represent Nottingham, and you know, and people like Raheem Sterling would have a choice that that you know their grand grandfather lived played in let's say Nigeria, they could play there if they wanted because they'd have more options about what they where and how they'd play. Mm. It would also change the way we look at sport because we wouldn't necessarily have to have a European-centric viewing pattern. Because if it's it's much more global, you could pick the zones that you want to watch out of interest, rather than because it's the biggest league or what what in the world sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But my question would be today, I wonder if we said to all sportsmen across every sport, what's the least you'd play for? I wonder how realistic they would be in relation to how realistic we would be. 
So well, this, this is the thing because <laughs> it's like because so what we're doing what, what 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 we're really looking at is reimagining sport as like mm-hmm. from a complete like you said a completely new ethic no 100 percent, jermaine but but right? i think which, which, which completely undermines everything that sport is about right now no, but, but the alternative to that is most people would say today that they would represent their club or their country for free mm-hmm. That's yeah. how much they love sport, right? Yeah. Now, we don't want to go to that level because we want to make it slightly more uh, edifying in terms of being able to live and train and what have you. But my simple question is, how much could people accept being paid uh, to just do it as the love of the game, so to speak, for any sport, rather than the love of the money? Mm. What do you think about that? And and that's it's an interesting point because I mean, you th- <laughs> for example, if, if this w- this would be really really interesting, right? Asking somebody like the top ten players in the world, right? The top in any sport, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, um, your Mayweather's, your Messi's, your uh, Joshua's, your. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, you can go across every sport. So you'll be here all day um, if you're doing it like that. Literally, Asaka's everyone, right? You can so, go across every sport, Jermaine. Imagine, there's, there's hardly um, any sports left. You, 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 gave, you, gave, you gave the example earlier um, of Messi earning 130 million yeah. a year, yeah. right? Imagine yeah. asking him, okay, this is how things are going to work now, right? <laughs> yeah, well, hold on, hold on. Bring but, that down to. No, but it's not. What, it's not a personal thing for him. It would be across all sports, so it wouldn't be. Yeah, such this a big is what deal. I'm saying. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So speaking to him as an example of the top person from any and every sport. This is this is along the whole spectrum. So there's him at the top in football. There's Mayweather at the, at the top in um, boxing. Um, I don't even know who who the top is in. I think Tiger Woods is even making a comeback now. But um, but he's not getting very far. But I've got another question for you, which is an even more exciting question. Mm. Here's here's before you ask that question, it would be really interesting to to kind of inject this question into Tiger Woods that that Tiger Woods um, narrative that's coming up because. If it was a case where he went away from golf for however many years, came back and golf was completely under this eth- this new ethic that we're talking about today, hmm. would still be interested in coming back? Well, the answer is no, because he's got too many injuries, and it's like he's a, he's a bad example to use because he's had literally no, too many. No, but it's 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 okay. So if he was you know fine and if good, he was, health, yeah, if he, he was fine, it would be very would different. He, would he be open to doing it? I think he would, but I've got a much better question for you. It's far more interesting a question than that because it doesn't revolve around one player who's towards the end of his career. We're talking about just a general pattern in sport. But here's no, a I'm, better well, one. It, the example is it's not just it's not yeah, a general thing. I'm saying for somebody who, for example, has got, gone away from the sport and come back. Yeah. So it's a completely different. He's used to getting millions, millions, millions. Yeah, but he, the reason he's, he's come back is for, the, is for the money. Yeah. He wouldn't come back if it wasn't for the money. So that's, that's it's, well, it's a bit he's point. not here to defend himself. So, well, but you, I mean, it's a pointless example in a way because he's not very representative of 
the bulk of the people that are in the, most of the sports. He's the point is that this whole conversation is pointless because it's not actually happening, is right, it? Yeah. These are all hypotheticals. Can, we, can I direct you to a more interesting question? Go on, try me. Well, at the moment, if you want to watch one of these sports, not on the uh, on the on the satellite TV uh, shows that cost a fortune because if we just had it on normal television across the world so let's say you had a BBC One in every country and it was on BBC One in every country all the sports that's fine but if you wanted to go to a match let's let's go back to football for a minute let's say you were going to go to a football match but then even hold on let's hear me out here you haven't heard no, the question I was going to say because don't other countries subscribe for right, just hear out the question first of all because you're going somewhere I don't want to go Oh, then we just flatten that then. Yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> if you. Okay. This, this, like, take note. What, like, this is a question that is based in everything that this, whichever sport it is about. Correct. And my question, my question is this. How does it to go feed? Into... What does it move through? How does it distribute? Listen, it's like listen, everything listen. changes. Wow. Okay, great. Hear, hear the question for a minute. You're not listening to the question. No, because it, it's... it's. You imagine if these TV deals weren't no, no, TV no, okay, deals, It was just... Well, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> but I'm saying the TV deal only exists because... The yeah, yeah. Normal, normal television can't afford to show it because they can't bid against these channels. If you had it on normal TV and it didn't cost anything, you could watch it on every t like your normal TVs could host it. It's not a problem, or it could be on every computer. You know, we talk about free internet usage. It could be on free on every computer. That's not the issue. We're, okay, so we're talking about that, changing the sport and then changing the businesses around sport. No, it's all it's all related. The it's media. not. It's not one or the other. They're all related, because yeah, but yeah, yes, they, they are, but they're different elements of the whole thing. Oh, but because they, they, although, they okay, so for example, although I may make I don't know, uh, let's say sixty million a year as a footballer, right? Um, I make part of that due to all of the other stuff, the TV yes. deal, which yes. I'm not directly involved with, but no. I'm a benefactor of it. Yes. And that's why I'm saying, if you stop paying money to the TV companies as well, then all of that gets erased out of the whole thing. Now, listen to then the question. How would you pick which channel it would go on? That would Because you can have thousands of channels. It's like watching on the internet. You can choose, people can so, choose what they want. Oh, okay. Please hear the question. Please hear the no, question. Because um, this, is, this is part of how we're going to, like, how right, we're going to understand But this question. is a much better question. Because it's a it's, it's a far more interesting question this one because at the moment sports costs too much for people to go and watch it like so you have to be fairly wealthy to get ticket like for example if you went to the Champions League final uh, what was it Real Madrid versus um, Liverpool the other day the tickets were going for about a thousand pounds now if we if we threw all that out the window and we said every single sporting event in the world will cost five pounds. Here's my question, because this is my question that comes from that. This How is big so is great. Wait, like wait. Literally just taking away all of the blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How big would the stadiums have to be if it was five pounds to watch? Ooh. How big could they make them, though? Well, because given the amount of investment. Example, the, the Arsenal Stadium. How many seats is that? Is that 80? 
60, but I'm saying that the top football stadiums in the world... And look, and look at how much money it took for them to build yeah. that. But I'm saying the top football stadiums in the world at the moment... So, so on that basis, then, are we talking about changing the construction industry as well? Yes, because I'm saying to you, the top wow. football stadium... Top football stadiums in the world at the moment will take about 150,000 people. And I'm not certain there's another sport that can host bigger crowds. I'm, I'm trying now. Now, this is really interesting because construction is the bricks and mortar. Of Everyone and everything, right? And bear in mind, <laughs> no, mind you as well, if it's way too big, you won't be able to see the thing in the first place. Because if, if you took a billion people sitting there, how are they going to see it? Would they so, have been made like the amphitheatres? Yeah, but even that, you couldn't make a billion-seater amphitheatre. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Oh, my God. You Can know? you imagine the traffic in London? Well, yeah. But, I mean, but that's not an issue because you can work around it. What I'm saying yeah. to you is, if it oh, was no. a... Oh, wait. Oh, oh, no. This, this, no. There's a whole rabbit hole going on there. Go is on. There no, it's it, it's like literally construction. As I said, construction is the bricks and mortar. So the houses we live in, the retail stores, the shopping centres, like everything, right? If 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 there wasn't the monetization behind, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're that, right. You're right. It, it, there's like it tri- the trickle down effect. That's, that's no, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let's make it more interesting because let's have the proper finals in places like, for example, in Australia, you'd have it at Ayers Rock. And in Britain, you'd have it in a field 100 miles from Manchester and Birmingham. So you're going to have it places where people would have to literally travel miles to get there to see it. Mm. Like a festival. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And therefore, they prove that they actually want to be there because they're actually travelling quite long distances to get to those games. Yeah. So it's not just a simple case of it being a fiver. It's actually... It's a fiver, but you've got to get yourself to the zone where it's in. Okay. So. And what do you think? How many people do you think would have changed? Go on. No, I was, I was just going to. I was just going to say that that would have also have an impact on people's work life yeah, balance yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to change that anyway. Which workplace is going to let you attend? No, a game. no, no. But Jermaine, I'd like to change that anyway in a proper world where we didn't get driven by money anyway, we would change that anyway. But leaving that aside for now, and I understand what your criticism is, but let's leave that aside for now. I'm just saying... No, I understand... Like, literally, as we're walking along this this road, we're literally opening up, like... No, I understand what you're saying. all of the roads along the way. I understand what you're saying. I'm just, for me, that goes into an area that I want to discuss with you on Curious Anarchy to do with the world generally. But but just for this topic alone, if you said it was a fiver to get in, it's going to be, uh, let's say, in um, a field halfway between Newcastle and, Man- and Manchester, mm-hmm. in a stadium that could hold 500,000 people, how many people do you think would attend? You... What we're talking about is the final. So it would be, let's say, not the team that you represent, Nottingham something, would be against a London team something. Let's just say, for the sake of that year, I'm talking about, not every year, I'm talking about one year. I'd imagine you'd probably get 500,000 in there. Yes, I think you probably would. (laughs) In in that first one, anyway. I think, well, and I think, you would as well. 
But it's interesting you say that because the first match at Wembley Stadium is the highest Wembley's ever had. Mm -hmm. And it was 123,000. And they had to use horses to keep people off the pitch. <laughs> it's known as the White Horse Final because they had to use white horses to, or they had a white horse to stop the fans getting onto the pitch. Right, right. right. Not because they were trying to run on, but because there were so many people there. Yeah. Because it, it had the capacity for 100,000 and they had 120,000. And like in all those top things like that, there were as many people locked outside. So what we're talking about is changing the structure of sport so it becomes about sport and not about financial gain. Mm. How do you feel about that now we've had that discussion? It's It's been really interesting because as we've gone along throughout this whole discussion, there's been those avenues that have opened up. And when we talk about reimagining sport, it's not just sport that we've ended up kind of reimagining. It's actually everyone's day-to-day -day life, like yeah. the world, the, the societies that we live in. Talking about leveling out um, cup final tickets, World Cup final, Olympics tickets, whatever sport goals every tennis, sport every sport F1 right? imagine, imagine tickets for F1 for a fiver <laughs> imagine, but also the other thing you've got because you talked about getting time off work and my thing would be mm. in this day and age given we've got computers and if we shared the wealth across the planet far more equally with that, if we got rid of our, the people that are stopping us doing that and we actually mm. were able to I would suggest to you that people wouldn't have to work necessarily every day or not certainly not as many hours they do at the moment every day for the world to be sustainable so things like sport and leisure activities will be far more pursued mm. Mm. and that's part of the essence of the creativity of the human race you've got far more chance of creative stuff happening if you allow that than if you force people to do a nine to five in a job they don't give a two hoots about and they're getting mm. no proper financial benefit from so everything we, we structure around at the moment is done against the nature of humanity and for the nature of a few people in humanity. Yeah. If we changed it round, we we made the, the, that triangle upside down. We did everything for the benefit of the planet and the people on it, and the and the and the, and we tried to allow them to pursue things that they would be interested in doing, and also we managed to create a system where we could feed, house, look after health-wise everyone on the planet, mm. all, we, all these things would be doable overnight. Would we then consider, um, okay, so for example, I, I would imagine that with quite a few sports, I would say, um, those people that make a lot of money, if they were to make nothing near that, would they still play that sport well do we care well it's it's not necessarily okay this is like a completely hypothetical <laughs> at the same time but it's like if okay if we were to lose a George Best or a Pele or a Ronaldo or a, the original Ronaldo that is or a Messi um, that would be like because of that <laughs> Well, can I answer? Maybe, maybe, 
he uh, maybe Ronaldo uh, or Pele even wanted to do something else. Yeah, which is and, fine. Because which of is football, fine. the attraction of football, the money that came with I don't know if money really, was really a thing, but I would imagine it would, you know, serve you quite nicely, even back then. Um, do you mind if I answer that question in a way that my sister answered a question when she went for an interview at a university and they and they talked to her about um, how she would deal with the issue of um, stopping such a, a male patriarchal type society? How would you get around renaming everything? Mm-hmm. And she said, her answer to it was this, look, for the generation here now, that's a problem. But for two generations time, as they grow up from babies, they're going to learn what we teach them. So it wouldn't be an issue at all. And it's the same answer to this. So, okay, right now we have upset George Best. The yeah, best yeah. We play. Two generations time, we wouldn't even know who those people were. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, but I mean, we still remember the Bobby Moores. And okay, fine. Thing. But we remember right. it for a, diff- um, for a different reason. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying to you is, historically, we remember things. That's great. But mm. for the people growing up into that world, you would be remembered because you're Jermaine and you played for Nottingham for 20 years and you represented that area so well that people always remember how much you gave. Not because you were a multi-billionaire and, and uh, you came all the way from Peru just to represent Nottingham. It's an interesting wonder. Uh, I was wondering, do you have an answer for this? Which bit of it? <laughs> Every bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of think I've been leading towards the answer. I think I think if you levelled out the playing field literally um, and you created sport for sport's sake, it would achieve sporting... Pro- I think we would achieve things that we're not achieving now in sports because the onus would be on brilliance rather than payments Mm. so you know if you take it as a physical challenge between yourself and nature that would achieve more than if you say like if i said to you do you think you could ever jump as high as a building and like right now of course not no 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 but if we practiced every day for the next 200 years could someone eventually do that maybe i don't think that's aided by saying we're going to pay you 200 pounds or two million pounds. <laughs> I don't think that adds to it. I, I, I think, think that's a great motivation. <laughs> well, it is right now. It is right now. But I think it's a false motivation. Mm. Because actually, our biggest challenges are with ourselves and nature. So our individual challenge with nature would be, can I get better at what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And that's... And also, <laughs> and also, considering the gravity of that, would I get injured? As yes, well. as well, absolutely. But you, you also have this situation where someone like Christian Ronaldo will play football in the back garden with his son, who's like three years old or whatever, for no money because he enjoys playing the game and he wants to teach his son how to enjoy it. So the, the perfection of the sport isn't related necessarily to being paid. That's just a, a wonderful incentive on top of that. By the way, his son is actually doing, re- well, one of his sons is doing really, really well. Okay, fine. But that, again, that's that's we, part of why he's doing well is he lives in an environment that most kids growing up won't be living mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So, so that's 
you know, that's yeah. a bonus if you don't have to struggle for everything. Although a lot of good footballers are very hungry. So obviously, again, that's part of the... So what we're seeing with, with sports today is that the hungry people around the world, like the Venus Williams, achieve because they, they, their motivation is so much greater because of hunger, i.e. you want to try and get rewards. Mm-hmm. Rather than being the best at your sport alone, because it's not a level playing field. If you leveled out the playing field for the players and the, and the spectators, it would be a much more interesting environment to watch sports in. And it'd be much closer to the Olympic spirit or the Corinthian spirit, which is that the, sort of the, the pursuit of the best of the sport is what's important and not the financial gain that you get because of it. Yeah, yeah. And I would argue with, to you, we'd have a freer, more interesting media if you're not allowing small companies to get massive money and, and, and own all of this shit. And instead, it's on the internet, you TikTok everything, and you can watch what you like. It's so expensive. So expensive to, to truly imagine the world from a completely different perspective. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I, like I can't I can't even it's difficult to even give an answer because it's like I can't even imagine that do you know what I mean so how, how about how about I, I throw this to you and to everyone listening how about I throw this to you imagine being born again now being five or six or seven years old and everything that you've learned about things like sport and money just disappear overnight How would you make sense of the world then? I guess you just have to learn about the world as it is. Right, there you go. So we're literally dealing with what we set up for our future generations. Yeah, yeah, totally. So what's interesting about the, I think the original question, how much would I accept? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's like, like you said, we kind of walked through it. It's would it really matter how much I was paid? Only in as much as that you could perform eating, uh, living. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it, it doesn't matter because if I'm going to be the, paid the same playing for a team locally as yeah, 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 from that point, yeah, Brazil yeah, or in you know Germany or Spain or Russia. Does it really matter? What what matters is where I personally would want to like would exactly. I exactly go and for also, a two year deal in Spain and then after that two years consider coming back to England or go for two years and live somewhere yeah. else. Do you know? But what you'd I mean? also be it, 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 that would be down to me wanting to go and see the world. Correct. <laughs> right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And also you being a hero in those places for your dedication to that zone because you got to know it and you from you know it was your community yeah. what yeah. what you know that sort of thing and it's like and being example, able to live there unlike Samoeta as you mentioned earlier yeah 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 and sorry to, I wasn't picking on anyone individual itself it's just the concept of how sport is run today it's yeah. just it's yeah. not based on any sense of loyalty community anything like that it's purely based on like if we said go to play on Jupiter and we paid you two, 20 billion pounds would you go that's all it's based on now. And it's, it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. 
Because also the other thing about that is Spain. Can you imagine that? one day no, cricket but, on Jupiter? <laughs> yeah. Because the, the other side of that is that the other boring side of that is the spectators who aren't anywhere near the best spectators in the world are the ones who mm. could afford to get to Jupiter. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Right. So that would be Elon Musk and Jeff and, Bezos. And, yeah, and it would be, and they'll be saying on the TV, "Why is the crowd so quiet? It's a final." <laughs> <laughs> If you've ever seen a stadium where people come in for like a fiver, the noise is ridiculous. Imagine. Whereas the stadiums where you have to pay like two thousand a ticket, I mean, it's just it's, there's no atmosphere. It's soulless. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Jeff Bezos would probably have invented some sort of ticketing system. You know, how you can do that checkout yeah, yeah. checkout thing in Amazon now, Amazon stores. Yeah, so it'd be like that, but at football. But the, the but people would be complaining because Elon Musk would have Elon Musk's team would have far more supporters because he's got twenty thousand rockets in space. So, you know, he would have a lot more fans on his side's team. But uh, it would be a bit of a uh, what's the word? Like so a, what? They'd be like sending in the satellite signal of, of the audio. No, I'm saying they could take more fans out there because he's got more rockets to take them in. But I'm oh, just saying. Okay. It would be a sanitised event. It wouldn't be the kind of event you'd really want to watch. My guess is people would just watch EastEnders instead because it would just be a bit uh, like really? too, far, too far removed from the average person. You know what I'm saying? A, a sport played for the first time on, on Jupiter. Jupiter. You're telling yeah. me you wouldn't want to see that? I Ethically, I don't think I would. I think on your day, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> on if they were going to do the world cup and it was england and i don't know uh, brazil um or argentina england argentina that would no, be the like funniest a, thing would be england, be england. right because that, that's a his, historical thing no but so, the funniest thing would be england v germany because there'd be that whole imagery the english oh yeah of the germans <laughs> germans getting their first and putting their towels on all the top seats and everything so you know there, there'd be that kind of uh nuanced uh imagery for a lot of people so it's quite funny but but yeah. um i don't think there'd be fans there and i think it would be Literally, Elon Musk in one stand and, and Jeff Bezos in the other, and that's about it. Along with the teams, and that's about it. And the, you know, the FIFA officials or whatever. No, it wouldn't be FIFA because it's that's the football world. So it'd be the Universe FIFA, UFA or something. You know, it'd be Universe Football Association, and it'd be just those people. UFA, yeah. Yeah, it'd be UFA and and Elon Musk and and uh, Jeff Bezos, and that's it. And the, and the teams. And Bill Gates. And Bill Gates. No, Bill Gates. <laughs> more interesting things to do is maybe um, what's the virgin boss will go but not him um, not Richard Branson that's the one yeah, yeah he'll go. but yeah. I mean you know, we, we've we've gone off on a bit it's of a tangent no towards the end we've gone on a tangent towards the end and and we've, we've come <laughs> back to the concept of money and wealth and what we were enjoying before that was the concept of a level playing field for everyone how it made sport far more interesting than what it is now uh, because you know, in every sport, the team that got the most messes are going to win every competition. So it's kind of boring because mm -hmm. it's not about a level playing field. It's like, say, the motor racing. It's, you know, the cars aren't the same. If you're in the top 30 uh, drivers on the planet, you don't get equal car. So you get a if you get an old banger and the one in front in a, a Ferrari, they're going to win every time. It's, well, that's not a sport. 
<laughs> boring. The only way you can win is if everyone else's car breaks down. Come on. You might as well have a race Here's a question for you. What do you think of NASCAR? I don't think anything. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just think, I mean, you've got the other thing now, which was the, uh, I don't know if you've been following this this week, the uh, TT event on the Isle of Man, which is like a motor racing thing that's been going on for years, and they haven't had it for two years. And in the first week, five people have died because they're just motor, motor racing fanatics. Like they live for putting the levers on their bikes. And five people have died in the first week because they haven't had it for two years and they're a bit rusty. And, and it's a very, very dangerous event. But they love it. And that's that's the key to real sporting event where everyone can go in it. And, you know, it, it can be quite scary. Wow. Wait, yeah. five people died. Competitors, competitors. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. See that that's that's interesting. Is, Imagine, was that in the news? Is that being? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's 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 just interesting from the point of view of it's a level out playing field sport. Anyone yeah. going for it, and the downside is that people can literally die doing. <laughs> well, sorry, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know which scenario I prefer. No, but hold on, Dwayne. To be fair, all other sports <laughs> were like that when they were level playing fields. Like, for example, boxing, when you allow anyone to go into a ring, could potentially be the same. You yeah, put yeah. you put uh, Anthony Joshua versus uh, your best mate. I mean, Joshua's going to win, and he could do serious damage to your mate. Yeah. So, you know, it, all sports were like that. It's just that some of I've created a what's the word like a, a filling out process so they can weed out the people that don't reach the top yeah yeah anyway let's come off this now because we've been about an hour mm. we can come back to this topic it's an interesting one but it's interesting in this day and age that one of the most wealthiest things you can do on the planet is play sport when for thousands of years it was probably one of the least wealthy things you could do mm. The interesting times we're living in. I want to say thank you, Jermaine. You have, as usual, provided the nectar for most people's um, water. So thank you very much indeed. I'm uh, very pleased to hear that because, uh... <laughs> like, it, it was a simple thing of asking a question, but then it's like the question makes you ask more questions. Of course. And so, of course, here we are. Um, it's been an interesting. Well, hey, I'm going to leave you with a really interesting. I'm going to leave you with a really interesting question. It's a rhetorical question, so you don't have to answer it. But I'm going to leave you with it because it's definitely one to think about. Is why don't you ask think the audience? People are, ask the audience. All right, I'll ask the audience as well. Why don't people think more people are not asking this question? Why is only Curious Anarchy asking this? Why aren't other, other sort of um, thinkers around the planet asking this question about sport? Answers on the back of a postcard to you <laughs> at underscore Curious Anarchy on Twitter <laughs> and also on Instagram. Um, that... It remains only to say this. Some people think it's all over. It is now. <laughs> right, okay. Thank you.
thank you so much thank you for joining us it's been a pleasure hosting once again in fact i think this should really be a tea with episode um it would be fair to say that it's not at all anything close to curious news format um (laughs) although we we have to be fair been quite flexible (laughs) with with the curious news we really have um, I think it could be, it could be um, one with Naomi Osaka then. If we were doing that. Maybe part two. Part two will make oh, it uh, a brunch with. Yeah. yeah. Like part two. Um, yeah, this has been Tea with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here on the Curious Anarchy Lifestyle. It's been a hell of a time. I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it, Mark? Oh, it's been brilliant. Good. I hope that uh, the questions have got some thoughts percolating, um, inspired some diving into what would the world look like if dot dot dot. Let's reimagine the world together. Yeah, man. That's all we have time for. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.